0: Seven six five four three two one. Welcome to the Grinder. I am your host, James Chapman. It has been a while. I know y'all have missed me, but I am back. Welcome, New Year, two thousand nineteen. I hope everybody's getting after it. Um, we did not quit on you over here. We've just been trying to get it going. You know, the Grinder podcast. It's about bettering yourself, bettering your company, bettering the people around you. And, you know, we've been focused on that. So glad to be back with y'all today. You're very, very fortunate. Addison is not here. You get to hear me. All right. So no interruptions from Addison. So uh, give us some feedback on that. Let me know because I I love to rub it in his face. Okay. Um, With that, we do have. Um, a great guest here, um, good friend of mine that um, I have known for years. Amazing guy, Craig Elrod. Welcome, Craig. Appreciate you joining us today.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, bud.
0: Yeah. So, Craig and I, we started in the insurance business. What was that? Two thousand three, two thousand four.
1: Yeah, two thousand three for me.
0: So, when Craig and I were like rookies. Th- sales agents we literally um we would celebrate together we would we would cry on each other's shoulders when yeah. <laughs> when we couldn't sell a thing um but uh yeah so it was a lot of fun Craig was um Craig is uh with a different agency so we always uh had some good competition going and just always motivating each other so uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, knowing Craig and getting to learn and grow at the same time as Craig. But today, we are not talking about insurance. Today, we are talking about those that pesky generation called the millennial, millennials. Is that right, Craig?
1: That's right, man.
0: Yeah. Right. So, hey, so tell us a little bit about um, your company that you founded, uh, Bookend Consulting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bookend actually came out of the insurance side. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, just sitting around trying to figure out how in the world, you know, we as an agency and, and even me personally could attract these younger buyers that we were seeing and trying to figure out what we were doing wrong, what we were doing right. And so I started reaching out and, and trying to figure out where I could go to. And there just wasn't a whole lot of resources at that time uh, as far, especially geared towards insurance and sales to millennials. So I started just self-educating and learning, and during that process, at the same time, just had just a handful of clients that uh, I would visit, and they would start poking my brain about millennial generation, and some of it was sales-oriented, how to reach them, but a lot of it was work, work staff, um, HR type of stuff because. Typically, as you know, in our business insurance-wise, we're dealing with multiple people in a a group to actually make a sale. We might hit the general manager first or the HR person, and then it comes to the owner. And when we're talking about payrolls, we're uh, oftentimes dealing with HR. And so I guess being on the younger side in that business, but being on the older side of of millennial generation, um, they were were frustrated and asking me. And so... I rolled that into what I was already researching and decided at some point that I would quit giving those answers away for free. And that's where the consulting business came out of. And since that day, we've we've, uh, applied what we've learned to our business, but had an opportunity to work with several other businesses on the consulting side, uh, probably about half and half. Half of them were really looking for how do we market, how do we sell, to that generation and the other half or how do we hire and retain that generation. And oftentimes those those things come together, but we called it book in consulting because of what we were finding in that while the idea started looking how to deal with that particular generation, the millennials, we found that in the workplace and in the, in the economy, really, you have three major generations that you're, you're constantly trying to target and bring in. And how do you reach one without alienating the other? And so when you look at it, whether you're looking at sales or HR, you've got the boomers, the baby boomers, you've got Generation X, and you've got the millennials. Now, when you look at number-wise, baby boomers are 77 million strong in the U.S. Millennials are 92 million strong. And then in the middle, you've got Generation X at 60 million. So you can see when you look at the numbers, you've got bookend mm-hmm. generations that are dominating the segment. And so, you know, when we, when we work with our clients, we're obviously looking at millennials, but we're also trying to figure out how do, we, how do we attract and retain and hire and sell to the millennials but not alienate the baby boomers. And what you find is they typically want the same or many of the same things. And so we find commonality in that. Now the generation in the middle of generation X is kind of a mix of the two. And so they almost get lumped in with either side. Gotcha. But that's, that's really where the business started and that's where it's kind of going as far as uh, we call it the generational maze is what we call it. Um, and, and we try to navigate you through that maze to help you know companies not only be stronger as far as selling to millennials, but really retaining and hiring and attracting them uh, to come work for you because. You know, as we see here today, that that generation is 45% of the workforce in the U.S. Wow. And that, that's just that's a staggering number to think about.
0: I mean, really, it all comes down to recruiting at the end of the day. I mean, having good people. I mean, you can't build a good business or have a better business without continually recruiting and trying to bring on great people.
1: That's right. It's still people. You're still trying to recruit people. But one thing that's different with the younger generation, especially even inside the millennial generation, the younger you get in that generation is they're not just looking for uh, a job, but they're looking for a career that has impact. They're looking for, um, they want to know what your values are. You know, that's not just the bottom line anymore. In fact, we call it the triple bottom line. They want to know how you, treat and relate to people they want to know how you view and try to help the planet and then they want to know what your profits are and so with with that triple bottom line you can see profits is actually third whereas maybe your older your older worker was really worried about are you profitable are you uh are you stable are you going to be around for a long time because i'm going to move my family to you versus this generation wants to come in they want to make an impact and so where your company stands on social issues for the first time has a huge impact on who you're able to recruit and just as important who you're able to retain. Uh, you know, right now the, the millennial average job tenure is two years. They're, they're moving every two years. And as employers, you know, this, uh, it is expensive to hire an individual. Um, And so if you can, if you can recruit those great people and you can retain them, that, that last bottom line, that profit is going to increase.
0: Yeah. I I read a, um, uh, a study the other day. I was talking about losing an employee. It's usually, I think they said the cost, you know, hiring somebody and not retaining them is about 20% of their annual salary is, is, is the cost to you as a company. That's right. Um, you know, and my, 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 big concern has always been not so much that cost. I mean, that's important. but My concern is, is the training cycle, you know, yeah. I mean, bringing somebody on, then it doesn't mesh. And then the time is gone. You can't get the time back. You can make more money, but the yeah. time is, is gone and there's no getting that back.
1: No, you can't, you can't go back and start over because you're, right. you're starting down the road. Yeah. And so just, just that expense alone is massive Um, and that's that's where it comes to retaining those individuals And, and the way you're going to retain this millennial generation the younger generation is you're going to have to really focus on what they're looking for to stay with you it's not it's not strictly how much their paycheck is it is oftentimes more of do they feel like the company have this do they share the same values um, in, in, in do they have the work environment they want to be in? Do they have flexibility? Do they have the growth potential? And are they getting the feedback that they're looking for? Uh, you know, there's there's often said that you know, bosses don't work anymore, coaches do. And so yeah. you almost coach the younger generation, which is you know they want instant feedback. These annual work reviews do not work. You know, they they. If you wait to do an annual work review, they will leave you within that year. They need instant feedback to know how they're doing, what they're doing right, and where their next growth potential is. They, you, know, you just can't do the yearly reviews anymore with them.
0: So with, with saying that, I mean, let's kind of flip that a little bit. So I know, I know there's so much stigmatism, I, I would say, maybe that's not the right term, around millennials <clears throat> which frankly i don't really understand i just yeah. feel like it's different and so a lot of times when something's different we automatically go to how it's wrong not just how we can adapt to it um i mean you know i've heard it said best you know people talk about millennials look at chick-fil-a chick-fil-a runs a yeah. multi-billion dollar business off millennials um my own company is full of millennials i i guess technically i'm a millennial um yeah. You are, like yeah. It so you know, that that always kind of loses me. That stigmatism. I think it's just people trying to find an excuse for something that's a little bit of different, or a, you know, a different challenge.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's it's kind of the not knowing how to deal with the unknown, so to say. Uh, we did a study early early last year where we interviewed twenty HR professionals and got their, what they think of the millennials. And then we interviewed basically 20 millennials and what they thought about themselves. And, and it was two different conversations going on. It was just, it was amazing to see. And part of it goes to the difference of just what is expected. You know, there's the boomer generation, for example, they work five days a week and, and a lot of times take that work home from them. Work-life balance is kind of a, an unknown commodity to them versus the younger generation. That's number one to them is to have a work-life balance. It doesn't mean they don't want to work. But what that means is when they're at work, they're going to work. But when they go home, they're not taking work home with them anymore. And so when an HR manager calls you at, at you know, six o'clock on a Wednesday and has a question, and you're and you're not answering the phone because you know you're not at work. That's not laziness. That's not not wanting to work. That's just having boundaries of what is work and what is what is home life. And and that's something that this generation does a very good job of um, internally. In the older generation, they're going to take that phone call and then hang up and complain about taking the phone call. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> and so this this generation is just not answering the phone. Yeah, and and that's that. Misconception is, is that they're not wanting to work. That's not the case at all. They're going to work like crazy while they're there with you. Uh, and the other misconception is is that, that they just they don't want to work um, a traditional job. They do. But they don't feel like they have to come to the office five days a week for eight hours to do it. They can sit here just like you and I are sitting here in front of computers right now. And, and they can sit there and do that anywhere. And so that's something that I think a lot of the, the older guard, so to say, is having a tough time getting their hands around. Because um, how do you know if somebody's working and they're not down the hall from you and you go stick your head in the office? Yeah. And, but if, and that's the other thing the millennials are great about is, is that they're result oriented. You know, if they get the job done, it doesn't matter how they get it done, but they got it done. Yeah. It's a little something that's different.
0: Well, is there kind of a divide? Because I feel like there's a divide in the millennial generation. Um, like the, it seems like to me almost the millennial generation is is almost two generations uh, on each end of the spectrum. Like my end, you know, I was born in 84, yeah. seems very different than the 90s born yeah. generation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get, you know, the very tail end of that generation is a lot different than the, the front end on, on the younger side. Almost so that it's, it's, there's little miniature generations inside of it almost. Yeah. And also, there's no set term as far as what the generation actually, you know, what the timeline is. Some people say it's 1980 to 2000, others say it's um, 96 to 78 or, or what have you. So everybody kind of gets lumped in on the tail end yeah. of it. But you definitely have differences. I mean, you know, you you think about uh, yourself and someone who's 10 years, just 10 years younger than you, you grew up in two different worlds. Yeah. Um, You know, and so those experiences have a a lot to to do with how you see the world and see, um, you know, the working world, especially.
0: Well, what I, you know, as as I was kind of prepping and just kind of reading on some stuff before we talked, you know, it really got me thinking about, we always focus, and like I said, I know millennials get the brunt of this, right? Because it's—I mean—they're the hot topic, but yeah, are they the cause or the effect? And and I'm really starting to see that as the effect. I mean, they they grew up in such a different time. I mean, they, they're adapting to the world around it. I mean, you look at a lot of people like my age. I came out of uh, when I was coming out of high school, we were going into two major wars. A sure. uh, ton of, ton of guys deployed, guys, gals deployed, you know, they grew up in that a ton of economic uncertainty yeah. and an absolutely booming, uh, you know, technology time. I mean, are, are they, are they different and, and difficult and all this as people say, or are they, are they just really just trying to adapt to a world around it? Because I mean, I mean, I know this isn't, people weren't living in the dark ages before this, but it really is the time. Like when you say the two-year turnaround, to me, you can see so much more of the world now than you could before. Um, You know, it just opens up so much more stuff to have its possibilities. I think people, you know, they dream bigger.
1: Yeah, they dream bigger and the world is smaller, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Because it's literally in your palm most of the day. You can do Mm -hmm. anything want from your phone uh this generation lived through the majority of them you know have lived through some type of war almost it at, at, at all given times they were heavily influenced imagine you know being young and seeing nine eleven in 2001 basically that was the backdrop of your of your youth yeah and how our country changed and the world changed after that day yeah uh, they lived through the 2008 economic crash at a at a time when they were seeing their parents you know losing jobs and corporate downsizing and everything else and so that's why their loyalty is is more to uh, affecting the world than it is to to a company because many of these individuals saw their parents who worked for companies 20 25 years come home one day and didn't have a job and so you know, they don't have the loyalties to these long time companies uh, and that's why they're skipping. That's why they're moving because their loyalty is to affecting the world and in, in, in to themselves and not necessarily to these companies. Um, you know, it's going to be rare, I think, to meet an individual that's worked somewhere for 30 years or 45 years. Yeah. It might be in the same industry for that long, but to be with a company that long is going to be extremely rare. Um but, yeah, they're, you know, when you ask, are they a the cause and effect, I think they're a little bit of both. Um, you know, just the sheer size of this generation is something we've never seen. And, we, you know, growing up, I remember think, hearing all the time, baby boomers, baby boomers. Well, there's 22 million more millennials than baby boomers. And so the world at some point is going to bend to them versus – you know, that generation bending to the norm. So yeah. they're changing the norms. Um, but also, you know, they sometimes they are the, the effect. They're, they're living the effect of what the world is, you know, technology-wise especially. I mean, you know, this is the generation that's coming up with social media, not learning it when they're in college or learning it when they're 20 years old or learning it when they're 30, but having it since they were in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in having cell phones at 10, 12 years old uh, and online dating being not weird, but the norm, so to say, yeah. uh, they're the most educated generation. You know, they're all the majority of them go to some type of secondary school. Uh, that wasn't always the case. They're the most traveled generation because they're getting out you know it's not necessarily about possessions it's about experiences and so and they're doing things later in life they're they're entering the workforce later in life because they're taking longer in school they're going you know, multiple degrees and things of that nature and they're getting married later in life which leads to having kids later in life and so um you know because of all that they the world is 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 really bending to them. I mean, that's why we're sitting here. That's why our company exists because you have to figure out how to attract them. They're not coming looking for you. You got to go look for them. Um, And and because they're so marketed to, they don't trust marketing. I mean, not that any of us do, but they don't like to be marketed to, but yet they're the most marketed to generation in the world. And so when you've got everybody in the world going after you, you know, your how you pick what you spend your money on is, is different. And, um, you know, 1.3, 1.2, somewhere in there, trillion dollars of consumer spending every year is what they account for. And that's a a massive number, and everybody wants a piece of it.
0: You know, and that's interesting how you, you going back a little bit, you were talking about how long somebody's there and the impact they make, you know, the thought of being somewhere 25 years. I tell that to my group all the time. Hey, I don't know how long you're going to be here. You might be here two years. You might be here five years. Hey, I hope we take this thing for the next 20 years together. Um, But that's irrelevant to me. What's important to me is that you come in here, you make this place better, and you get better while you're here. You need to leave with better skills than you came in with. And if you're not engaged on that, then this isn't the place for you, period yeah you know and i i I hammer that all the time, like how are we getting better? What are we doing differently? like how are we growing because if not you you 're right like we 're you know you talk about how the world gets smaller, but you also realize how big the world is you know yeah. it 's like you really there 's so much out there there there's 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 thousands of guys like me that are same position I am trying to create an insurance company and make it bigger and where it 's at you know. Yeah, you, know, you got to be realistic to that. So if you're not trying to do something different or focused on, on being better, then, then there's a thousand other people like you out there yeah. trying to do the
1: exact same thing. Yeah. You can go down the street and, and run into four people doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where we talk about, you talk about making an impact. That's where some of the commonality and the generations meet. That's where they converge is that it doesn't matter how old you are. What when you were born, how long you've been in the company, if you feel like you are making a positive impact versus it's at the company or if it's in society or the planet or whatever, if you're making a positive impact, you are a lot more engaged into what you're doing. And you're more often than not, you're going to stay and keep doing what you're doing. When you wake up one day and you're not making an impact, you're just punching a clock. That's when you, that's when you know, human nature says I need to make a change. Yeah. And so that's, that's where we find with companies we work for on the HR side is, is finding ways to make sure that employees uh, feel like they are having an impact. And it's not just an impact that affects their pocketbook. It's an impact that affects whatever it is that they are, you know, what they're engaged with. And so that, those are things that, all generations share, and uh, this generation has probably brought it more to the forefront because they have the ability to just up and leave if they want to, because there's so many options available for them. And um, you, you, know, you know,
0: the only the the only thing that that absolutely drives me crazy that I really struggle with. Everything else, I'm good with. Like I want people who dream big, who think big, as long as there's action behind it and all that, right? Like anybody else, yeah. Absolutely. The only thing that drives me crazy that I really can't get past is how connected uh, people are with their phones. Like even to the point, like you know, no longer does the phone work to the side. My farm, phone, my phone's within arm reach right now. Yeah, I do a lot of business on my cell phone. It's great, but literally, it, you know, I have folks that work with their cell phone in between their elbows as they're yeah. working on a laptop. Yeah. And, and like it, to me, sometimes I'm thinking like there is such an issue that, that you can't disconnect, you know, they don't even know how to back away from it.
1: So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, from, from an employer standpoint, in today's world, you basically have to embrace that it's there. If you fight it, then you're going to have a less productive employee and you're probably going to have a, a one fewer employer at some point because they're going to yeah. leave. Um, You have to figure out ways to make sure that that's providing some positivity for the company, but it's going to happen. But being connected is is something that, especially younger ones, they've been connected since they were four or five years old. I mean, you know, they it's it's uh, it's not uncommon for them. I remember not having cell phone. You know, it it was what a dollar a minute or something. you, You didn't use it, but that's not what this generation grew up with what I will tell you is what you find which is another misconception is this generation the millennial generation especially on the younger side does a much better job of actually uh, unplugging when they set time away to do so Um, Hmm. studies show that you know my my age and a little older we say we unplug we go on vacation or we go to the beach or whatever but we're sitting there on our phones and, and checking emails and and doing all that. And that's kind of goes back to this work, work like balance the, the younger generation, when they are at the beach or wherever it are, they're not checking work email. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's unplugging in them to them. Now they might get on uh, Instagram or Snapchat and, and shoot a video, but they are unplugged from the work world when they, when they're out. And that's something they do a better job of than the older generations. And it goes back to also the HR staff and, and, and the management staff knowing that when this individual is on vacation, they are unplugged and on vacation. Don't call them and ask them that they send someone an email or, or when is this meeting? You, you have to have boundaries because they're not going to get back to you. And if you constantly um, wear them out on their personal time or vacation time, they'll, they'll leave they'll, mm-hmm. because that, that disrupts their work-life balance. Uh, what, what about
0: the uh, generation after millennials? I mean, they're, they're yeah. coming in. I mean, they're, so they're coming up quick. Yeah. Is there any anything that you can share with our listeners on that?
1: So they are being labeled Generation Z is what they're being called. Um, it's just a little, a little early on that, but it looks like the size-wise is actually going to be equal to or a little less than generation X, which is right now uh, we're in the 60 million range in generation X in the U S in um, the reason they're going to be smaller. You would think with the millennials being such a large generation that the numbers would just keep escalating. But we talked about doing things later in life. They're getting married later. They're having kids later. And because they're getting married later, and having kids they're pushing it, they're having fewer kids. Um, you know, I see that in my, in my social group, I've got friends that are older that have three, four or five kids. And in my, on the younger side of that same group, just one kid, two kids. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I are in that, but yeah, we, absolutely. We have one kid, um, and, you know, it came from family with bigger than that. And so.
0: Yeah. I again, ask people ask me, like, do you have any more kids? I'm like, man, the new hadn't wore off the one I
1: got. Like, Yeah
0: absolutely don't pressure me
1: bro um and so i think with the gener that generation that's following behind them you're going to see that uh we talk about being connected and they're they're connected on such a higher level uh because i mean you know they've had ipads since they were since they were born yeah um and you know Probably uh, millennials run about forty to fifty percent that grew up with a, a landline in their house. Well, Generation Z is probably going to be ten twenty percent that had a landline in their house, and so that just subtle differences like that will will make this that next generation be even 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 different as far as how they view the world and interact with it. I would suspect they do things later too, uh, just like the their predecessors. Um, but from a business standpoint, the millennial generation is the one we are in our lifetime going to be working with the most. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, right now they're 45% of the workforce in 2025, 2026, they're going to be 75% of the workforce. Wow. And so that is, you know, that, that's, that's why you have to figure out what it is. Now, of course, that generation will change as they get older, things will change inside of them. And then from a consumer standpoint, you get the Generation Z involved. Then you've got a, you know, an even younger generation that is more connected that will be marketed to just as much as millennials but will have even less trust because one thing we're all influenced by is by our parents and or, or your, who you grew up with in, in your household. And if we know millennials do not trust marketing and do not trust advertising, what do you think they're telling their kids at home? You know, they hear, it. they don't trust. It. And so that's going to be something that will be interesting to see how we, how we uh, grasp that once, once that generation becomes spenders and consumers.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. man. That's good info. Well, um, you know, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. Craig. Yeah, um, what, um, I mean, is there any takeaways or uh, recommendations you make for people out there who are, you know, Small, medium business—you know—looking to recruit good people, or the person who you know absolutely despises millennials. I mean, I think you know they need to get, just get their head out of their out of their yeah. ass a little bit. But um, I mean, is there some recommendations you can give some some of the folks out there?
1: Yeah, to the guy who who hates them—you know, one or two things: either sell your business or uh, and get out of it, or get you out of the sand. And, and um, you know, you you're going to have to deal with them and, and make it a positive. To the other guys who are, you know, who are wanting to figure it out and wanting to really take a hold of this generation from a from a work standpoint and from a consumer standpoint, best thing I can say is, is sit down about your company and define what your corporate values are. What 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 means a lot to you, and how are you going? How is your company going to affect social change? Not only just you know in the planet as far as recycling and, and being a good steward, but also what are your, what are you doing in your community? Because if you take care of that, when you go and recruit these individuals, you're going to already be able to show your company cares, not because this is the right thing to do, or that's what the chamber of commerce says you need to do, but it's because you're going to have like-minded individuals that want to come work for you. Um, you know, that's the number one thing I would tell you to do is to define what your corporate values are. Uh, and then when you're when you're trying to sell some millennials would be to be authentic. They can, if you try to fake it to them, they're gonna, they're gonna see that from a mile away. Is to develop your brand, develop your uh, your product and your brand for what it reflects you, and then just be authentic.
0: Very good. Uh, Craig, will you tell everybody how they can find
1: you? Yeah, on the web, we're at bookendconsulting.org. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all of it under Bookend Consulting. And then our phone number is 404-242-6615. And my direct email is Craig, C-R-A-I-G, dot L-R-O-D, E-L-R-O-D, at BookendConsulting.org.
0: Good stuff. Guys, y'all go check out Craig. You can definitely learn something, I mean, especially with talking about over the next couple of years or several years, 75% of the workforce, you cannot build a better business without good people, period. You know? So if you're trying to grow your company, build your company, this is the kind of stuff you need to be learning and getting better at. And Craig is the man to go to on this stuff. So Craig, we really appreciate you today. Thank you for joining us. And um, grinders, we will see you next week.
1: Appreciate it, bud. 7, six, five, four, three, two,